Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Today we are going to open the show with a little bit different of a tone. So by now you all know about what happened in Colorado Springs at Club Q over the weekend. And we're recording this just a few days later. But I think it's important for us to take a moment and acknowledge everything that's happening in the world. I know you come here to, to lose track of the world and smile and hear my laugh. But sometimes it's hard to not acknowledge what's happening. It's hard. For our queer community, it's hard. I don't have great words for all this. I don't know how to inspire people. I don't know how to make you keep hope. But I can say a few things about where we've been. I was trying to figure out how many bars I've performed at over the years with my burlesque career. And I've performed at about probably 130 bars over the years. And I've traveled all around the country. And out of all those bars I've been at, in small town Midwest and the South. I can tell you that most of them are gone. Most of these places are not, they're not just bars. They're town squares for the queer community and their local community. They're places where we can hang our hat, meet people, connect with people, and feel seen. And these places right now are feeling it. They've been feeling it for over a decade, to be honest. These places have been suffering financially because of COVID and other things in the world. But don't allow this moment to scare you away from supporting the communities that need support. If you want to go watch a drag show, if you want to go watch your amazing local burlesque performers, if you want to support people who are expressing themselves and loving themselves in an open way, Let now be the time that you do it. I know it's terrifying. I know it's scary. As a person who's produced shows, over 300 shows in the last 10 years, I can tell you that after Pulse Nightclub, we established an exit strategy. And we established an active shooting strategy. And these were hard conversations we had, but we did it because we wanted to keep our audience safe. And we literally paid people to be audience members who were actually security guards. We did that every show, every large-scale show, that is, at the bars we were at for years because of how terrified we were. But we never wanted to stop expressing ourselves and stop loving ourselves the way we know fit publicly because that's how they win. That's how they silence us, and we can't allow that to happen. So I know this is hard. And I know you feel alone, but I'm telling you right now, you are not alone and you're never going to be alone. I'm right here and we aren't going anywhere. And I will be speaking as the trans handyman openly in spaces where often we are not invited. And I don't know if it's going to get better, but I can tell you one thing. They're not going to silence us. They did that for decades. They did that for a long time. And I will not let that happen. And there are so many others that will never let that happen again. I appreciate you all so much. I love you all so very, very much. Thank you to everybody who's supporting each other right now. And let's try to have some smiles and a few laughs for the next hour we're together. Thank you. Mercury, Mercury, Stardust. She's a beacon of hope. Mercury, Mercury, Stardust.
she'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handy ma'am. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you for tuning in to episode four of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host, Maggie Conrad. hey <sighs> Wow. I love the crowd yeah. here every time. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie, there's a bird in our office. <laughs> Maggie, thank you for being here today with me. We have a, a wonderful show planned for us today. We have a rip-roaring good time. Is that what people still say? Rip roaring? At our age, yeah. Yeah, at our age? <laughs> Whoa, Maggie. <laughs> Maggie, way to kick me in front of the bus. <laughs> hey, I included myself in that. <laughs> Maggie, what have we been up to for the last week before we open up for questions and oh stuff? Oh, my gosh. What have well, we been doing? Uh, lots of stuff. You did a speech. There was lots of book stuff. Lots of very <laughs> exciting book stuff. Yes. And also very hard book stuff. So much hard book stuff. I feel like I can't say anything yeah, else no, other than book stuff. I, I feel like I have been just... <laughs> I have feel I feel like I have been just teasing the audience for over a year and a half that are, some audience members are going to get blue balls. <laughs> like it's just been like, no, the book's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's it's going to happen. The book is going to have some things in it that are really nice, and it's going to have some other things in it that and it's are really be cool. Very queer. Yeah, and it's going to be yeah. All that we can say about the book is it's going to be gay. And there may be some things in there that are about handy stuff, but we can't tell you literally anything else um <laughs> god it's so funny but you know that the book stuff was good we almost hit a deadline <laughs> we are a little bit past the deadline but that's very natural for books yep, and normal. we're doing pretty good we're on the home stretch for the book at this point and hopefully we'll have some more things we could tell you in the next coming months on top of that we had the speech yesterday we've had two speeches in the last week i think Mm-hmm. We've yeah, had the virtual. Yeah, one I give for those who don't know. I give a lot of public speaking gigs, and I'm very thankful for those. But they take a lot out of me because yeah. it's like I'm telling my life story, and I've gotten really good at my life story. But you know that I have memory issues when I tell the story every time, and Maggie finds out new things every time. <laughs> It's like a, a solid 45-minute speech every time, but it always ends differently. Always has something new. It, it always is like, next time I'm just going to talk about a unicorn, and then it's going to be magical bears for no reason. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's really funny what you, when you're telling your life story yeah. for profit, right? <laughs> right? It's really interesting the things that people connect with and mm-hmm. how I change the story for the audience that's in front of us yeah. and how I modify it for them. It's just interesting how you can connect with people. It's uh... And you're really good at connecting with people and the speeches. Like, Yeah, well, you know, I, I went to school for theater <laughs> and then I traveled the country as a professional performer. Yes. And then I've been an MC for the last six years. So like, yeah, no, I would say I better <laughs> be damn good at it. <laughs> but that being said, I got four more shows left of my mm-hmm. weekly burlesque show before I retire from burlesque on December 16th. And we are now a f- 
I think we're really close to 1,500 tickets. Mm-hmm. And we so, just opened up some more in-person tickets. Yeah, we did. So if you want to see admission. if you want to see us in person and see me host and perform burlesque, you have some chances to go to MercuryStardust.com and get yourself some tickets in person. It's overflow. Yep. So that means that you'll be sitting in the way back. Or wherever unless, you can fit. Or wherever you can fit. <laughs> like if if... if people don't show up at a table or the front row isn't there for some reason then you'll be able to move up and be in those spots so that's kind of how that works but we're really excited about it we're aiming for 10,000 tickets for the last show on December 16th right now we're at 1,500 so we're getting there and I think we can do it but we need some help so get those tickets at mercurystarters.com all the profits from that show are going to go to help and support all the things we are doing here at Mercury Stardust Media LLC <laughs> Maggie, are you ready to answer some questions? I'm ready. Let's get those Q's and give us A's. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Give, give us do... Q's and we'll and we'll give those A's. No, 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 no. Let me try this again. I'm a professional. I'm a professional MC. I can do it. <laughs> okay, uh, give us those Q's and I will slap some A's on you. No, that's bad. <laughs> I guess I can go a different way. This is like the scarlet letter. This is like the opposite of what we want to do. Okay, give me those cues and I will just answer the fuckers. <laughs> Hi, Mercury and Maggie. I'm not sure if um, you guys have ever gotten this question before, but my name is Wilbur and my partner and I are both trans and we're looking into moving into our own house in the future. Is there anything that you could think of that we should look out for in terms of anything that could be potentially wrong with the house, anything they might have tried to cover up, anything like that? That would be so fantastic if you guys could talk about this and give us some advice. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day, guys. So full disclosure, I'm not a homeowner. I am a renter. I've been renting from an apartment building for the last 15 years here in tropical Madison, Wisconsin. But Maggie has owned a home twice in her life, and she might have some tidbits in this. But I can give you some tidbits and some advice from a perspective of maintenance, right, and home repair, and kind of talk about what you can look over. But what I'm going to say is a blanket comment for this whole section is definitely get a home inspector. And Maggie can kind of talk about, like, how right now a lot of people are waiving <laughs> the home inspections. Yeah. I And I know right now we're competing for homes and the best bid. And I know it's hard and the market is very difficult, but I cannot stress enough that like when you're purchasing a home and you're getting into this market, right? I feel like it's in your best interest to don't think anyone's doing you a favor. Yeah. Right? No one's doing you a favor in the home market. The people who are building the home, they're not. The people who are flipping the home, the people who are selling the home, the realtors, the home inspectors, no one's doing you a favor. There's profits and lots of monies in homes. So don't think anyone is your friend unless it's someone you really, really know. You know, you got a really good realtor. I understand. But there's still big margins involved. You need to be mindful of that. So that would be my word of tidbits from someone who's not really in that world, but has seen it happen a lot. Maggie, yeah. what is your advice on this? Yeah, so we've purchased two homes. The first one was a very small fixer-upper, definitely was like first home. And this was at a time when the market was still very fast in Austin, Texas, and it was very difficult to get into homes, but people were still doing home inspections. And so it was really important and it helped us a lot. And to now, clarify, you bought one home in Austin. Austin, and now we have one home here in yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, you, you moved to Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and the market has accelerated since then. And so this time, a lot of people are waiving home inspections. But what we did, and you know, 
just kind of telling from our perspective that this could help you. We were getting a home that already had an inspection. So we felt comfortable waiving the inspection to a certain point. So we put a $10,000, you know, limit. So it's like anything under $10,000, we're not going to nickel and dime them for this, that and the other. If it was something major, over $10,000 worth of fixes, then, you know, we would be able to negotiate with them. So that would be my recommendation instead if you're not comfortable waiving it entirely to at least put a figure down that you're comfortable that like if it was within this figure we could figure it out and make it happen you know because if it's just like one little thing that needs fixing here but if it ends up being like major foundation work you're not screwing the pooch you know you're not getting <laughs> is that the right analogy I don't, Maggie, <laughs> metaphor honestly <whatever. laughs> i'm way out of my depth on this one so i didn't know that you had to screw a po- pooch in order to be able to own a home so that's news to me maggie yeah <laughs> but honestly like it's The home inspection is going and you want a good home inspector, right? If you really trust your realtor, um, then definitely go with the person that they recommend. Otherwise, get somebody that is recommended to you from somebody who has had them before. Um, We had a home inspector, but we also had an uncle who used to be a home inspector who also checked it out. So we had multiple opportunities to like catch things. Hmm. The old home, the old inspector they had our family member and another inspector. So you you, kind of can't overdo it, honestly, with the inspection. I guess. It's very helpful. But what if you don't have the ability to have a homeowner, like to have an inspector, right? Right. What do people look for in that instance? I know what I would look for as a repair technician, right? Right. But I think it's to me the big ones are like the roof, mm-hmm. right? You got to be able to make, take a look at the roof, take a look at the HVAC, take a look at the water, water heater, here. take a look at the foundation, look for those things. Yeah. And if those, if, if, if we're saying these big things, and you're like, yeah, but what? But what do you specifically look for? Look into these things. Like, yeah. look what is a, a bad foundation. What does it look like? Because I can tell you that you should be looking for certain cracks. You should look for mm-hmm. unevenness. You should look for early signs of erosion and the soil around the home. Yep. But that's not going to help you when you haven't visually seen it. So definitely look at uh, homes and Your stuff Your like realtor that. should also know a lot of things off the top of their head. Um, we yeah. were very blessed with a very good realtor in Austin. And she could look at a crack and say, yeah, that's a foundational crack. So they should be able to give you some of that information, you know, the realtor as well, if you have a good one. It's Um, important to note, though, that it's different in every county and different in every state. Yeah. So your realtor should know your local. Yes. Yeah. But the licenses for realtor are not always the same. Again, get somebody that's recommended. So since you you bought a home in Austin, you bought Mm -hmm. a home in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Can I ask you? What were the fundamental differences? Like what were, when you were buying a home in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas, like 15 years ago, what was the major difference from the experience we had in Madison? Like as far as like the realtor? Um, well, I mean, our realtor in Austin became a good friend of ours. She helped us buy my mom's house. She came to our wedding. Like we just kind of got really lucky. <laughs> I think in that instance. I love how I was um, like, no one's and- doing you a favor. And Maggie <laughs> minutes later is like, we're best friends with our first yeah. realtor. <laughs> She like sent us clothes, you know, clothes from her son for my son. Um, but yeah, you really, if you basically just, you know, the difference, it's not really from state to state. It was from realtor to realtor. Our The realtor mm. that we had here, we just kind of got stuck with her and it was fine. But we actually leaned on our other realtor in Texas and asked her more questions than we did our Wisconsin really? realtor. Because 
because so how did you get stuck? I see. I don't know this. Yeah. So I'm asking an honest question here. How do you get stuck with a realtor? Don't you um, have any say in this? We found the house on Redfin. And so whoever's listing it was on Redfin. Oh, I see. That became the quote unquote realtor for the listing. Yeah, right? I hate all of this. Um, <laughs> the yeah. system is so... But I mean, we were lucky. We had been through it before. Yeah. We had really good support with the people that we knew before. You know, we were we were very lucky in that regard. But, you know, if if I hadn't had had like the, my backup realtor from Texas, basically, I, I would have not gone with this realtor. I, we would have found somebody else, you know, to be our um, our buyer's realtor. No questions. Because like, I would yeah, say, that was bad. I would say right off the bat to Wilbur and anyone else who's wondering this, right? Like if you're thinking about sinking money into a home, right? I really want you to think about what you want. What are your yeah. top five to eight things? It's like location. How does a home look? All those things are important. Land, futures prospect. Are there homes around you that is going to increase the value of the home? Mm-hmm. Those things are important to think about. So think about those things in a very like investment point of view. Yeah. And then I want you to start thinking about like, do you want an older home? One that might have like a decade or um, several <laughs> that are definitely maybe something that has a little bit more trauma attached mm-hmm. to the building and i say trauma rather than a fixer upper because to me if you're having a home that has been owned by three to four people right a home that's 60 yeah. some years old mm-hmm. you are buying trauma in it comes that home with baggage, form yeah for sure <laughs> and because you're dealing with all the decisions that other people made yep and those decisions can lead to you having to deal with it in a larger way they're passing a buck forward you know when you're buying a home Think about that. And yeah. if you're if you're someone who wants to buy a newer home, if you're like, this home just popped up, it's been is like three, four years old, I want you to hear these words, and I think they're really important. Construction companies and people in this industry who've been in here for 15, 25, 30 years, we're all saying the same thing. The materials that are being used right now is not the same grade that we were using five, six, seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. It's changing and we're not sure how what the home is going to look like in 15, 20 years. We don't know if yeah. some of this stuff is going to be good. We don't know. We talked about shark bite fittings last week, right? But right now, shark bite fittings, I looked into it after the podcast. And I wanted to see why plumbers are so against shark bite fittings. And they're not really against it when it comes to DIY things. But a lot of plumbing companies are now mm-hmm. being forced mm-hmm. to do shark bite fittings in newer homes because it's faster. And it doesn't require expensive equipment, which means they're able to do a lot more in a short amount of time. And right now we're so overloaded with jobs, they have to find ways to cut corners to maintain the job and to get these homes built in six months. And as I was saying to Maggie off air before, homes were not supposed to be built in six months before. Homes, this is a new phenomenon where homes are being built in three... I, mean, I, I saw a home for my family. Um, my family has a construction company up north now. Some of my cousins do. And they built a home in four and a half months. And yeah. I still don't understand the logic, the timing, yeah. or how that makes sense to me. But I know that happens for a lot of people. They're able to do this stuff. And I don't know how that makes sense. Yeah. 
So I want people to really be mindful of that and really be aware of the world and how that's changing. And I would say it's best to get a home that's between 10 to 35 years old. And that would be the ideal. You know, like this isn't a brand new home, but it isn't one that has all the baggage of various things in it. But maybe it's something that you can definitely grow into your own and love. But I would be weary of really new homes right now. And I would be very weary of 100-year-old homes as well. So. Be mindful of all those things. And I will say just one thing, you know, for anybody who is in the housing market and they're feeling pressured to not get an inspection, waiving an inspection for a seller doesn't mean you can't get an inspection. It just means that if you back out, like you can't back out without losing money. You would lose a little bit of the money that you put down when you make an offer. But you can still do the inspection and that way you're not caught with any surprises and it might be worth losing like two grand now than losing 50 grand down the line because you have a, you know, shit foundation. Ooh, could I say that? <laughs> Maggie, I don't know if you remember this, but to start this question, I asked... I said, um, we're going to answer those fucking questions. So I think at this point, you know, early in the podcast when we started four weeks ago, Maggie, I told you I don't want any swearing on this show. Yeah, that's why I was like, whoopsie. M- well, fuck that. <laughs> the F's in it, the shits are out of the bag. <laughs> uh, people who are tuning in from TikTok are like, I thought she was wholesome. Nope, nope. She gets naked for strangers and she swears like a sailor. <laughs> okay, Maggie, what do you think? Do we answer? this pretty good i thought we answered this actually because you answered a lot of it i'm gonna say we answered it better than we typically answer these (laughs) this was really thorough i learned a lot yeah next one (laughs) hi my name is mary pat i um, am a stay-at-home mom of six kids in ohio and i am trying to get my house in order now that everyone's back in school post-pandemic and i have linoleum on my basement stairs i've been trying to pull up but the silver guard on the end of each step is held down with screws that i cannot get out i don't know if they're stripped or if they've just been there for too long but i try to drill in different size drill bits and a screwdriver and they will not budge help oh boy i hear this all the time stripped screws or rusted screws or just screws that just don't want to play nice with you, right? <laughs> this is this is very common. So we're talking like basically those brackets, those mm-hmm. I actually don't know the name of they are either, but they're everywhere for steps, right? Yeah. They help to protect the linoleum like in the, the metal corners. Trim. Yeah, essentially it's a metal trim we'll call it on those steps going downstairs. And I want to say right off the bat there is a bunch of different ways to go about this so i'm just going to tell you every single way that i would remove a screw and then we'll see if we can figure it out (laughs) i think the most universal way that works most times than not is a screw extractor a screw extractor bit is one that is weirdly shaped and it drills into the screw and grabs it so Mm -hmm. basically it goes into it's like a bit that goes into your drill and then it will just like grab the screw inside of itself and then pull it out oh wow um it is probably the best option but it doesn't always work and i need to preface all of these because all of these are not 100 (laughs) percent sure when it comes to trying to remove screws there are some that will never be removed you have to cut them Mm -hmm. and then bang in the rest into the framing does that make sense yeah i've seen that. where you're just cutting it off and then you're taking a grinder grinding the tip off the best you can and then taking a hammer and just pounding it in that is the best case scenario sometimes but hopefully some of the other ones will help. So the screw extractor bit is probably the best bet. 
$15 is the highest I've seen them. Maybe there's a $20 one out there, but typically they're fairly inexpensive and I just think they're super handy. They're great for a bunch of different stuff. Now, if you want to kick it real old school and pull <laughs> a farm girl fix, then you can do a rubber band. You can take a rubber band and you put it on the hole itself, on the slot. If we're talking like a Phillips X, like just if we're talking like the bit is X, right? Mm-hmm. And you're taking a Phillips screwdriver to it. Then you can put the rubber band on it, and then the Phillips screwdriver will insert into the Don't hole. Do you have a video for that? Yeah, I do. I do. I helped yep, a puppet. I've definitely seen that. <laughs> I helped a puppet fix um, their Christmas tree last year Aww. as a holiday special, and it was very cute. But yeah, but basically, it's just a rubber band on that slot, and you push your screwdriver into there, and the rubber band expands, mm-hmm. and it pushes up against the metal that's also pushing up against the hole. And that helps you to fill up the gap to get it out. I expect that won't work in this scenario because of the rust. And that's where it brings it to the second point. This is now the fun part where it's like, I don't really know. The two things Mercury suggested didn't work. I don't really want to cut it off. How the hell do I do this? WD-40, a vice grip wrench, Mm -hmm. and then a lot of grit and muscle and screaming and cussing, right? (laughs) I want you to take a little bit of that WD-40 and spray it into the slot and around it and get up underneath the metal if you can, whatever you can. Spray it up in there. And I want you to try to soak up the hole with the nail. Like, Like if you can even rub it back and forth and like if you can turn the screw like even a little bit into it and pull it out and in and out Mm -hmm. whatever you can do get it soaked up in there because that's going to help get it out and then basically you know when you're a kid and you get your neck stuck in the railing of a staircase like i did when i was a kid grease your neck yeah i i literally did get my head stuck in a railing when i was a kid i totally see that my mom came running with butter and i'll never forget that (laughs) i'll never forget what it was like when my mom covered my neck in butter and just said oh stop being a baby and just push (laughs) and then i just yanked my head out that's basically what we're trying to do with the screw okay (laughs) what a great visual (laughs) (laughs) little baby mercury being like no this is hurting you don't need your ears (laughs) god when you grow in as a farm kid you're just lucky to make it through your adolescence (laughs) Um, but anyways we're talking about the screw itself and i want you to try to lubricate that hole as much as possible and then if you can grab the head of the screw with the vice grips you're gonna like just grab it real tight and lock it in place with the vice grips and then you're gonna be able to twist it out Mm -hmm. hopefully that works hopefully that does its job and a vice grips wrench is basically a locking mechanism it is a bear trap of the wrench players world okay this is probably the best bet but you could snap it off Okay, and if you snap it off, well, good, you took care of that because now you can pop off the metal and then you can just pound in the nail, a screw rather, or you can chop it off with either a Dremel, some type of oscillating tool, like a cutting tool. There's a bunch of them out there. We a Craftsman sells a $50 oscillating tool that isn't great, but it should do its job. There's even tools that are designed to cut the tip of a screw off and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's things like that. I think that was honestly, that's the best route. Oh, out of one of them, one of them would work. But when we're dealing with anything rusty, whew, whew, 
<laughs> I don't, you know, it's 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 hard to know. It's just she threw her hands up in exasperation. I, I did because like I have been underneath a sink where the same problem has happened. Oh yeah. And when you're underneath on your back trying to figure it out, even on the stairs, these are never inconvenient spaces, and they're never in spaces where you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be such a nice job. No, it's not. It's going to be a nightmare. I want you to have a bad day. <laughs> but I want you to just remember. That ultimately, if you have to cannibalize the screw or cannibalize the metal that you're going to take off and put a new one in there, that's fine. You do yeah. not have to keep it nice. If you need to take uh, cutters and cut around it, right, and take the rest of the metal off. Do you know what I'm trying to say, Maggie? Yeah, snip you, the, yes, the metal trim. To get a better look at what's going on and then you mm-hmm. can just rip it out or do the best you can, then I think that's another option too. The truth of the matter is they have tried things like trying a bigger bit and using all the flatheads and screwdrivers, all those things that's great that's probably contributing to stripping it out more low quality tools were also strip it out because those tools are going to kind of round it out Mm -hmm. and make it worse like this is why i talk about like buying cheaper tools can actually lead to more expensive repairs and i think we need to keep that in mind cheaper tools are great some of the times and i never want to gatekeep that i want you to do what you think is best just be aware you're kind of rolling the dice of fate when it goes to some of those tools but that metal might be softer with Mm -hmm. that screwdriver and because of being softer it might not fit the slot properly and because if it's a little softer it will actually round the inside of the screw out and strip it worse and that's when you get the problems happening but also when when they're old when these screws are old and rusted and just full of debris and all that other stuff they're just going to fail more too you know they're just going to get stripped out more. So good luck. I hope it helps. And I'm going to say I answered this good. I'm 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 going to say today I did a good job, Maggie. Good job, Mercury. <laughs> Hi, this is from Mercury and Maggie, and my question is about a Black and Decker electric drill. I have it's stuck. It won't open or close the part where the bit goes. I'm wondering how to unstuck it and if there's anything that I should be doing to maintain it so that doesn't happen again. And then how do I like easily loosen and tighten it without wrenching my wrists every time? That's my question. My name is Amy and I also live in wonderful Wisconsin. Thank you. Bye. I don't know. (laughs) Well, like my first thought is, are you using the drill to, you know, the drill gun to open it and close it? Because usually we... I hold, I hold it, mm-hmm. and then push. I don't. I'm not really good with the terms, but I'm, you push I, the I, trigger, and the drill does the work for you. I love that you went for this, <laughs> and I'm so confused with what you're talking about. I know what you're. I think I know what you're trying to say, but I wasn't going to start there. <laughs> Did they say what was a corded drill or a battery operated drill? Because there's a big difference here. They didn't right? say it. if it's a corded drill. Then that drill is gonna it a it's going to naturally have a harder torque to it, right? Like it's the chuck in it, it's gonna grab really tight, and then you might need sometimes a quarter drill will actually have a mechanism that will come with it, uh, some type of chuck remover. I don't even know what. I'm so good at my job, Maggie. I don't even know the damn thing. <laughs> I wish people could see the hand motions yeah. we've been making. <laughs> <laughs> this was I, I was so excited to answer this and then I heard it again and I went you know oh, I am snap. so handy okay let me try to say this again we're gonna go for it Maggie we're gonna answer this and this is gonna be so good <laughs> so when we're talking about Chuck's himself right one of the first things that can go bad and cheaper drills and Black and Decker does definitely it's on that side of a little bit more affordable for people 
it, the first thing that will go bad is a truck. Mm-hmm. This just will go bad. If it's holding on to your bits and it's not letting go, right? And then we want to try to remove the bit from the chuck itself. I think you're in the right realm of holding the tip of the drill Mm -hmm. and then reversing the drill. Right. I think that's what you mean. Yeah. That's what this person is attempting to do and they're hurting their wrist. Mm. Um, I will say that you can do that. That is not the way they tell you to do it. Right. Hmm. They want you to hold that drill and then without reversing it, you're just yanking it real tight. Sometimes when you're doing that, you're actually putting a lot of stress on the chuck. And you're putting a lot of stress on the battery, and you could be damaging those drills. So I, I should stop doing that. Um, I would. I would say <laughs> That's what you're saying. I would say that on <laughs> drills that are on the more affordable side, it's more likely they're going to fail if you do that. Okay. It is less likely to fail if it's like a higher end. We're talking like Bosch, Makita, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, right? Lower end ones might not last the test of time, like Hart and Black and Decker and Skill. They might not be the best ones to do that, mm-hmm. you know? But ultimately, how do you fix this? I think if you had some type of pliers to hold it, to get extra leverage on it, you might be able to do it. And we're talking like an adjustable groove drum pliers. If you have a 14 to 16 inch version, that might be enough for you to get some extra here. If you care about the bit that much that you want it out, then I think that that is the route to go. I think you may kind of be SOL'd. Right. Mm. Um, wait, is that S O L? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, good. I will. <laughs> Boy, we were doing so good in the podcast. We were answering these so well. And now Mercury's like, I don't know how to say S O L. But all that being said, I, I, don't, I don't think this is going to be a great repair for you. I really don't. I, I, You can remove it if you get some extra leverage, but I think you might damage it worse. It is a drill that when you were buying those drills, I did recommend the Black & Decker last week on TikTok. But it is something to remember when we're buying cheaper equipment that it is going to have a more potential to fail. And it might not be great for us. If you have other tools like vice grips or anything around those lines that can add some extra leverage for you to be able to twist it then I think it's good. If you have someone in your life who has big, strong hands, if you can hold the base of the drill and then they them spin it out, it might be better. I think, though, maybe something else that could be happening. We are under the assumption that they're using the drill to reverse it and hold it at the same time, right? That's an assumption we're making. They're holding the drill with their hand and the chuck and everything and then spinning it in reverse, right? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that's if that's what, clear from the That's message. what I thought was happening there. And I will say if that's what's happening, right, then if the battery is not on high and the oh, battery is yeah. dying, it's going to not give you as mm-hmm. much power and not help you with that, right? If the battery is fully charged and then you try, it might be okay. Now, as far as your wrist, though, they said that, that their wrists mm-hmm. keep hurting. I would say, like we were saying earlier, don't do that, yeah. right? You can do it without spinning the drill forward and in re- reverse, right? Like without having to do that, you can just pull it tight. They don't need to be that tight. All we're doing is over tightening it and damaging the internals of the drill itself. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. I think okay. We started off rough, Maggie, <laughs> but we came through solid with amazing advice. Mercury gets a B plus. Because she's a bitch. <laughs> okay, but I, I still have one question. Yeah, what? Then if she's able to get the bit out, then 
is there any way that she can oh. like make sure that this doesn't happen again or is that drill just like done oh yeah because they did ask about oil right they asked about like wh- what can we make sure to make sure I mean, yeah, there is some type of materials, although multi-purpose oil is never bad. Multi-purpose mm-hmm. um, sprays are good. Uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to be, you know, like Gator on TikTok and use WD forty for everything, you can. <laughs> you can use WD forty in this. I don't think you should have to. And where do you spray it? You want to? You would probably spray it probably inside and then by the chuck itself. I would say, though, consult the manual of every single drill you have. Consult mm-hmm. the manual because they're going to have specific stuff. But if they say a specific brand, blah, 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 you don't need to buy a specific brand. They just want you to buy a specific brand. A multi-purpose oil would probably be, lubricating oil would be fine. Mm-hmm. But a WD-40 is great for some of this stuff, but it can also gum up gears it can sometimes be a little bit too thick. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would recommend that over multi-purpose lubricants, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah! Mercury did a great job. Great job. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Hi, Handy Ma'am. Uh, this is Deanna and Kristen, and we really need your help with something. We are in the midst of a bathroom remodel, and one of the things that was most important is we needed a new fan because um, the one we had wasn't working well enough. We sought out a Bluetooth fan. I love that it's colorful and you can change the light color and it plays your music through it. But the reason we picked it was that it specifically said it was super powerful with 1.5 zones, 110 BFM, whatever those letters mean. But the reviews all said that it was powerful and serene. So even though it was going to be able to work better, we weren't going to have a ton of noise. Well, now it sounds like a jet engine is revving up every time we turn it on. We have a handyman. We call him, well, we have a handyman. We call him Handy Randy. And he said that that's just par for the course with a stronger fan. Is this the case or is there possibly something else that we can try? Thank you so much for your help. Love First of all, um, this is my best friend from high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Danny. I love her so fucking much. Uh, so thank you so much for calling. Second of all, your handyman is full of crap. Uh, <laughs> 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 I I listened to this and I got so offended. I was just like, oh, it's just par for the course for um, bigger ones. Nothing. It should not sound like a jet engine. It was in yeah. either. So there's two things here. A. We can put some type of rubber. Um, so, so basically, the metal's rubbing up against stuff and causing it to mm-hmm. vibrate too loudly. You can put insulation in there. You can put filler in there to help reduce it. That's so comical. It's just par <laughs> for the course. What a man being a man. <laughs> but that's the kind of guy that hurts himself at 9 o'clock in the morning on a job site, and then by 3 o'clock he's like, yeah, my foot is bleeding for no reason. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Stop working? <laughs> but anyways, so my thought process would be this, is I would get some some type of rubber, you know, this is great. I would think weather stripping anything would be really good at just putting it around the metal itself when you insert it into the ceiling and just give it a little bit of a, a hug, a little bit of a hug. Just a little hug. Yeah, make sure it's all, you know, electrical coating. A lot of that, there'll be specific stuff that you can put in there that's going to be uh, safe for you. That's not going to be, you know, any type of electrical hazard. But I think you're you're good to go. I would also say another thing I would throw in there is I would double check to make sure nothing was left in there in accident. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of those times mm-hmm. there'll be a little bit of a plastic thing that's hanging in there 
that was like kind of like rolling around in that plastic. Once it starts getting chipped away by all the metal, yeah. will then start acting like a conduit of just the the stupidest. It sounds like a dying cow, <laughs> <laughs> and we used to say that all the time when we worked in property. Is that like we would hear dying cows in the background, mm-hmm. and I think that there's something that could be lodged in there that you just double check. There's not any plastic lying around, any type of thing that's bent, because once it's spinning, everything yeah. should be designed in a way that's not making more noise look for little things like that but i think ultimately you can add in some type of insulation and rubber that's going to do just fine and take care of that full of shit this is par for the course my butt Uh, (laughs) you can play this for your your handyman and yeah play this for your handyman and you can let him know that i think he is not just wrong i think that he doesn't want to do it i think he's being lazy and if he doesn't like it you can can call the handyman hotline randy and you can tell me i'm wrong <laughs> oh i just issued a challenge um but in all honesty i don't i do think this should be something to be fixable you know i would be blown away if there was something that was not commercial grade this is, this is just homeowner you know grade um materials it should be something that's not going to cause that much noise yeah right a lot of this equipment that's made now is made with like sensitivities to noise mm-hmm. right and if that's what it said, Serenity, and that's what it's marketing for, I would be blown away that there wasn't some effort to it, right? That I would say either something is damaged, something is missing, or installation can be added in order to pad it and make it a little bit less of a dying cow. <laughs> <laughs> no dying cows, please. Yeah, no dying cows. Hi, um, this is Sharon. My question is, I would love to figure out how to never have a hair-clogged drain ever again. I have long hair. I Right now, I'm using one of those strainers, and it, it's just barely, like I, you know, I have to clean it every time. I don't know. Is there an easier way other than, you know, shaving my head, which I'm not going to do? So, anyway, thank you. Bye. I think shaving your head is a great option. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a great time. No, in all honesty, I there is a lot of different directions we can go into. Zizi and I just bought a tub shroom. I love tub shrooms, mm-hmm. but that's what this person has. That's what Sharon has here, and that's what she's saying she's just tired of. Yeah. And there, you know, there's tub strainers. There's a whole bunch of different stuff out there. There is something that I never recommend, but Sharon, if you want to give this a try. Go for it. That's called a drain funnel. Now, Mm -hmm. if you've followed me for a long time and you know how I feel about the drain funnel, you'll know that I think it's a hazard waiting to happen. But, you know, if you tried everything else and you're really having a hard time with the strainers and it's just driving you nuts that you have to clean it every single time, I think the drain funnel, it would be an interesting experiment, Sharon. And you to call me up in a few months and let me know how it's going. Give us a text and please tell us. <laughs> I would love to know. But in all honesty, um, drain funnel. The drain funnel is this design by this person who has spent years trying to make this happen. And I, I send him all my love. I just think it's a harebrained idea, and I think it's pun intended. I think, ha ha ha, <laughs> no pun intended. But definitely, I'll I will take it. I'll take all the response to that. But all that being said. He made this with the purpose of making it in a way where the hair can go down the drain yeah. 
and spin in a way that's going to push it past everything. It's not going to get stuck on your cross bracket or anything in your drain. This causes the problem. So it doesn't stop the hair. It just funnels it faster yes away yeah and because it funnels it in that way it supposedly helps to prevent clogs Mm -hmm. and he has tested a lot of this in homes that are younger than 30 years he has said so himself if you've cast iron pipes and your home is older than 30 or 40 years it might not be a great fit for you Mm -hmm. right that's where I have a problem with it because you're putting something on the market where people aren't going to know that and yeah. understand it and you're causing bigger problems. I will also say that, yeah, it might not be a problem in your drains, but it can be a draw, a problem in other drains. You get enough clogs. Right now, we're having huge issues across the country because people are using flushable wipes that are not flushable. Yeah. You're having full infrastructures that have to be ripped up from the ground mm-hmm. and then dealt with because people are using flushable wipes. What do you think happens when we add in more hair, right? Yeah. Hair shouldn't go down the drain. Nothing should go down the drain unless it can be broken apart in a bazillion million pieces, right? That's why we're okay with natural natural blockage. That's okay. We're okay with toilet paper and et cetera. But when we're talking about like hair itself, especially if a lot of it is going down, I, I don't think it's a great idea to just let it go down. But in this instance, and for <laughs> science, I am, <laughs> I'm going to say if you're really annoyed by all of it, just give it a try and I wonder what's going to happen. Um, but now let's talk about other preventative options because they're out there. There's definitely other options. If you're like, Hey, I w- I'm using a strainer and I'm going to be doing a drain funnel. What else can I do? So the product that I recommend the most for preventative purposes is thrift 100% pure lye. Okay. Lye will break down hair better than any other chemical. I am not a huge fan of chemical drain cleaners, as all of you know, but when we're talking about preventative Mm -hmm. methods, when we're talking about before the clog starts, it's absolutely okay. If you're someone who's losing a lot of hair in the drain and you are really afraid of it, I say start off with like once every other week. You know, then graduate to once a month, then every two months, then quarterly. And then that should all be you have to do is just do it quarterly. And Thrift 100% Lie is honestly, I use that. I use um, uh, I use Rapid Heat and I use Liquid Fire. Those are the three that I use the most. I stay away from Drano. I, I think Drano is kind of ineffective. Of all the drain cleaners, it's funny that just recently I do a video where the person said, oh, um, okay, Drano didn't work, so I have to use off-brain Drano. They're actually not all the same. <laughs> all these products, Thrift is a whole different product, uses different chemicals than Drano does. Drano uses different chemicals than like liquid heat does. Mm-hmm. And a sulfuric acid, I think I said that right. How did I say that? Sulfuric Sulfuric? Sulfuric acid. You know, Maggie, when God made me, he said, you know what? She's going to be really hot, and she's going to be really good at fixing stuff, and she's going to be great at getting naked for strangers. But she's not going to be able to say words. (laughs) (laughs) He he was like, we're going to need to give her something. Can't be good at everything. Yeah, we're going to need to give her something. We're going to give her a speech impediment. (laughs) 
Um, but the acid is another one. So you got all these different methods, and all of them are going to be good at breaking down some stuff, and some of them are going to be really good at breaking other stuff. None of them are going to be good at everything. And Drano is pretty good at breaking down like grease, mm-hmm. not much else. I think Drano is probably a better option in your sinks, not as good an option in your tubs. Right, this is where I think thrift kills it. I think thrift is really good, and acid is great, but acid is really dangerous to work with. Yeah, and I found out the hard way that even in the air, once it releases in the air, my body breaks out in hives. Oh wow! And I would wear all the the gloves, all of the stuff to make sure I didn't. But I honestly, after a few times of trying to use it, I just learned that it was never going to work and it wasn't worth the risk. And then it's about getting a snake or a drain auger and using it that way. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question in a preventative way, I think that you can go with thrift. I think that's a good product. If you want to go the more home remedy route as a preventative way, um, I think that baking soda and mixing that with vinegar. So I think it's one part vinegar for two parts baking soda. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. You can look it up online to make sure. But that is a great. That basically is making a volcano in your drain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I it works. It works pretty good in a preventative way. It just helps to loosen stuff up and send it down farther down the drain, and make sure that you're not going to have blockages in your mm-hmm. own drain. Did I do a good job? That is great. I think I did real good. <laughs> I like how after every single question, I'm always like, can you reassure me that I'm good at my job? <laughs> I've been doing this for 15 years and I'm still like, please love me. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you so much for calling in this week and leaving all your voicemails. You can call us at 608 608- Two zero five eight seven six eight. Again, you can call us at six zero eight two zero five eight seven six eight. Maggie is saying it because Mercury cannot remember the number for the <laughs> life of her. <laughs> but you can call us with any of your um, your questions, anything about life, anything about DIY. You just call us and ask us a question, and we'll see if we can do the best to answer them. But also, we want to say thank you to everyone who's texting our number with ideas for the name of our workshop. I've seen some really cute ones we, coming through. We've had some really good ones. I will say right now, right now for me, my favorite is Mercury Station. Is yeah. right at the top of the list, okay? Did you see the, um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like Galactic Studio or something I hated like that, that one. I hated that one. I There was a few, uh, Homo Depot was another oh, one. Oh, yeah, that was, that uh, was not I, the best. I, 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 I kind of liked Galactic. I don't know. It was cute. I want to, I want one that I can actually say. <laughs> I, let me try to see if I can say it. Galactic? Galactic. Am I Galactic. saying it right? See, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I need a name of a shop, Maggie, that I can say. We just got done saying I have a speech impediment. <laughs> all that being so said, if you have your uh, suggestions for the name of our new studio, we just moved into a new studio a few weeks ago, and we're looking at, for a name to call it because I want to have a cool, catchy name instead of just the studio. Yeah, instead of just the studio, we're um one part podcast studio one part dressing room uh three parts workshop offices and then of course gonna have a tool library here for our local community so a good name that can fit all those things and can make us a smile but also just be really 
really badass would be <laughs> really nice. <laughs> I really like Mercury Station, um, but there's a few others that are really good too. But we will tell you more. We'll pick one in about two weeks. So you've got Sounds some good. time. Send in some questions and send in some suggestions by texting the number. 608-205-8768. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Bye-bye. Bye. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're